Amy, we've got a bunch of little nieces and nephews between us, but we've also got a catch-all gift that all of our siblings love for their newborns. You're totally right, and it's Pampers Swaddlers, because Pampers Swaddlers wick wetness away to keep babies drier and subsequently parents happier. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better versus the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic and they're free of parabens and latex. Now you can try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes won't tear. In fact, they grip mess, shall we say, more firmly and clean better, leaving baby skin dry, soft, and smooth. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers Cash has no cash value. Hello and welcome to Fresh Take from What Fresh Hell Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. This is Margaret. And this is Amy. And today we're talking to Kara Harvey. She's a mom empowerment coach who provides women with the tools, resources, and community to empower themselves, find their happiness, and to live a life by design. She's the host of the podcast Purpose Driven Mom Show. She's a mom of three and the author of the new book, The 15-Minute Formula, How Busy Moms Can Ditch the Guilt, Say Yes to What Matters, and Conquer Their Goals. Welcome, Kara. Thank you so much for having me. So you say in the book, it starts sort of like with the hard part, with the struggle where you gain your superpowers, so to speak. Can you tell us a little bit about the sort of hardest part of your life as a mom to date? Yeah, you know, when you become a mom, you're like, this is going to be great. You have all the (laughs) ideas of how you're going to handle things and what it's going to be like. And you don't imagine yourself sitting on the floor of your kitchen, crying your eyes out, wondering what happened. And that's exactly what happened to me. So I have three kids. My stepson's my oldest. He's 15. And my kids are now six and four. So when my six-year-old was born, I was really struggling with this feeling of inadequacy. But I don't know, like times 100. I felt sad all the time. And I just felt like I was failing. And I went to my doctor and he kind of was like, "Mm, yeah, this just feels like that baby blues. Moms deal with this. You'll be fine. And because I came from this hustle culture mentality, I thought, okay, I'll be fine. And I pushed through and I kind of shoved all of that down inside and I kept going. And when my son was born two and a half years later, I thought, nope, I'm not doing this again, right? I thought this is going to be different. I'm going to do something else. And I advocated for myself. I started seeing a therapist and I realized that I had postpartum anxiety, depression, and rage. And it was manifesting in a lot of tears, a lot of screaming, a lot of feeling embarrassed about how I felt as a mom. And I knew enough was enough. So a few years in therapy, and I've been in therapy since I was 16. So this wasn't my first rodeo. I knew that I needed to work on myself. I continued to release the pressure of feeling like I needed to do all of it at the same time and be this, quote, perfect mom so that I can find what balance and alignment looked like for me. And I'm still working on it. I'm still working on those moments when I feel like I want to just scream at everyone and I feel like the worst mom ever. But the moments of me sitting on the floor crying, they are pretty much gone most days. And Mm -hmm. I feel more in control because I'm not trying to do everything all the time. And is there, have you, we talk a lot about this and I think it's something that a lot of our listeners think about and struggle with. And I wonder if you have any insight, like, have you 
identified for yourself. What is the difference? I mean, we hear a lot like, oh, everybody feels this way after they have babies. I had my first 13 years ago, and I only realized like seven years ago that I had postpartum anxiety after I never, you know, dealt with it with a doctor, which probably would have been really helpful. How do you know where those lines are? When should somebody say like, this enough is enough. This doesn't feel right to me. And I need more help with this than I'm getting. Yeah. I mean, I think it's when you know, like enough is enough. Like I can't do it anymore. And for me, as somebody who is very driven, I, you know, really like productivity. I do find like, you know, it's a personality trait for me type of a thing. You and Amy would get along. Yes. She has the same character trait. Yeah. It's just, I do. And I've identified, listen, I know who I am, right? Like I know that about myself. And I think the thing is we know who we are. And I think that when you start to see the changes and they become more than just my life is a little bit different now that I'm mom, then it's time to get some help. And I also will say, I think therapy is one of the best proactive tools out there. I will sometimes just get on with my therapist to hang out because I know that if I don't, I'm going to start to struggle because I don't have that tool in my toolbox. And I think if there's moms out there who are feeling lost, you're like, everything feels different. And I feel unhappy. If you start to have these feelings of my family would be better off without me or I had a lot of shame. Like, where did I go wrong? Like, what did I do wrong that I'm feeling so miserable and so angry all the time? And everyone was kind of walking on eggshells around me and I could feel it. And I remember it was my daughter's first birthday party and I was icing cupcakes. And you know, when you ice cupcakes and they're like too hot, so everything melts, but you don't feel like waiting. I do know. Yes. And so I'm a rusher, kind of just who I am. And normally I'd be like, whatever, I wouldn't care. But I remember my mom standing next to me and I just sobbing. I can never do anything right. I can't even make cupcakes. My Like, who am I to be a mom? And she was like, what's wrong with you? And I was like, something is wrong with me. And I think we intuitively know, but society tells us like, well, we're moms. We're superheroes. We're supposed to just go, go and do, do and not stop and recognize when something is wrong. I think a lot of us know, but we have to like dig that intuition piece out for us. Can we talk about the hustle culture thing? Because you said that, you know, the hustle culture was telling you like, you got this mom, keep going. And you are, I mean, you're purpose-driven mom. This is your hustle culture is your jam. It's kind of my jam too, as Margaret was saying before. But what do you think, where does hustle culture get it wrong for a mom like you in that moment? And what were the wrong messages you were receiving from it? Yeah, that's a great question because I think we as moms love to wear busy. Like it's our badge of honor, right? Like somebody's like, what's going on? Oh, I'm just so busy. I've got so much going on. And we say it with pride because society has told us if you have more of the lines in your planner filled in, like you're better than another mom because you're more productive. That's the message we get. And I try to remind moms like this little secret, just because you put more things in your planner does not mean you're actually productive. It just means you're putting more stuff down. And that's what we're taught. We're taught that if we're not going, then we're failing. We're taught that mom's the martyr, right? Like we don't deserve any sort of rest. Like we're supposed to just fill in all the time. Oh, and get it all done. Get it all done for everyone. And I think there's a lot of very shame-based messaging out there, right? You'll hear people say things like, well, your why needs to be bigger than your excuses. And I just, I find it a load of trash because I think if you asked a mom why she wanted something, you dig into any goal, whether it's she wants to get healthier or save money or start a business, whatever it is, there is a piece of that that's going to be connected to her kids or her family or providing for them, being a different type of mom. So when you tell moms their why isn't big enough, you're essentially telling them they don't care enough about their kids. Like how shame-based is that? And I think it's a terrible message because- It connects our productivity and our self-worth. 
I have days, even as a driven person, where I don't get everything done on my to-do list. Does it mean that I'm any less worthy? No, not at all. But that's what we are taught. That's what we believe. And that's what we fail. And I think that we need to go out there and like ditch that mentality. So your work sort of counteracts this by helping women, moms, live a life by design is what you call it. So tell us what that looks like and how that's different from do more, do better, work harder. Yeah. And it's different from balance because I think that we throw this word balance around like it means everything has its equal piece of the pie. And I try to use the word alignment a lot more because that's customizable, right? Balance means that we all have the same amount of stuff and the same priorities and the same things happening. Whereas alignment is what matters for you, what matters for your season, what matters for your home. And I think what's important is knowing like, well, what season of motherhood are you in? You know, my sister had a baby. Oh my gosh, she's going to be one already. But I think about her in the newborn stage. I mean, all she really wanted to do was like pee, maybe take a shower, get more than two hours of sleep. That was not the time for her to go run a marathon or, you know, write a book or do any of these things. But we're taught these messages. That's what we're supposed to be doing, right? The bounce back and you have to be jumping right in. Now, my season of life is different. All of my kids are at school all day. We're shuffling to and from activities. We're doing that. So my day looks different. My priorities are different. And I think what's really important for moms listening is to think what actually matters to me and not in the general sense of like, what is my top priority, right? Because most of us, again, my kids, my family. And if we keep that mentality of just looking at your top priority, well, then you're only going to be doing things for that priority, which is your kids, which is fine. But what about everything else? So I encourage moms when you're trying to find your alignment, you look at what I like to call micro priorities. So go through, write down, what are your main categories? What are the roles that you're playing right now? You know, I'm mom, I'm a wife, you know, I've got work, maybe I've got hobbies, my health, whatever it is. Again, use them interchangeably. Brain dump out what matters to you for your season, the next few months, the next year in those areas and decide what are the priorities inside of that, right? Those tiny micro priorities. And then when it's time to work on things, you're not just always looking at that top priority and trying to do for your kids all the time, but you're able to laser focus in and say, great, I have 15 minutes right now to do something for me. What's like my top priority in my self-care category? Oh, cool. I'm going to go for a quick walk. I can focus on that little tiny bit. And I think shifting your mindset into having this big goal of everything being balanced and perfect to what does alignment look like for me in my season is it eye-opening and it's a game changer when you're planning your days and making your goals and realizing that it is possible for you to do more than just martyr yourselves out to your kids. Yeah. And I think it keeps you from what I think happens to a lot of moms is like, okay, we're running a marathon and then like our own mom gets sick. So we pick that up and keep running. And then, oh, it turns out that my work wants me back three days a week. So you pick that up and like, you just keep picking stuff up while you're running the marathon. You never say like, I have to stop for a little while and do this other, you know, and you just don't, you don't become like the inertia rolling ball, picking stuff up everywhere you go. Right. Have you heard the like rubber ball, glass ball analogy? It's been floating around lately, but yes, but say it again. Yeah. So looking at your priorities in life, some of them are going to be glass balls. Like if they fall, they're going to shatter. And some of them are going to be rubber balls. They're important still, but they're going to bounce back. And I think about right now in my life, right? This is a busy work season. I've got my book. I've got a summit coming up. My family right now, is a rubber ball. And I'm not going to feel guilty about that one bit. I'm still going to take care of them. Everyone's going to be fine. But if I don't make homemade meals five times a week or spend a million hours right now with my kids because my work stuff has become a glass ball, 
I refuse to feel guilty over that. I'm not saying it's not a priority and I'm not saying it's not important, but I'm saying, but I understand in this season, things have shifted a little bit. And so I can then plan for it, spending more time with my family, taking, we're taking a vacation after all of this is done. And I think that's really key. Really key. Is knowing what's the rubber ball, what's the glass ball, and then allowing yourself to move things around when needed. When you say seasons, I mean, I think people are like, okay, holiday season, travel soccer season, I'll be spending more time in the car. But you, in your book, you talk about like seasons can be something you create and they don't actually have to be pinned to the calendar, right? Like January doesn't have to be the way January is if it's not a good January for you to do that stuff right now. Yes. So yeah, first of all, we are so married to our calendar. Like it's just a piece of paper. January is January. Monday is Monday, but you can decide when you want things to be. So I think that's really important for people because right now a lot of people are like, well, I didn't make my New Year's resolution. So I'll just wait till next <laughs> oh, month. Well. <laughs> I mean, why? Why wait? Right? Because what we do is we keep putting it off and putting it off. And then five years later, we've got the same goal on our list. And so I love this seasonal productivity that I talk about in the book because It's about, again, your season of life and deciding how things work for you. So I actually talk about four seasons to add in. And again, if we're going to go over this idea of goodbye, you know, calendar month, don't think of it like four seasons, you know, quarters or whatever. Just look at your month as your season. Okay. And I want to encourage you to add these four things in. Now they're not weighted. So it's not like I need each of these to be one week of the month. Again, it depends on your priorities. So the four seasons that I like to add is a season of planning, a season of push, a season of rest and a season of fun, all right? And I think if you have all four of those inside your month, you're gonna feel that alignment. So what do these look like? The season of planning, we don't do. We just wanna jump in, don't we? Nobody ever wants to sit and plan things out. But if you give yourself inside your month, whatever you determine is your allotted time of planning for something, time to just think it through, you're gonna be able to execute better. So we're saving up to go to Disney this year. It's a big goal for us. I don't really know like how much it's going to cost. We've never been. So right now I'm in my season of planning. So I told myself I'm spending two weeks just literally researching. I got on a call with a travel agent. I'm on Pinterest. I'm just allowing myself to plan, not just jump into something and planning. And it's going to help me prevent the burnout. Again, this could be a weekend. This could be a week. This could be a whole month for you. But as long as you have this season of planning in, it allows you to dream and think things through and not rush. Because what we know we're going to have is also a season of push. And I don't like the word hustle. So we're going to use push here. And this is where things are go, 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 right? These are when things are going to be busy. A lot of us, our season of push might be Monday through Friday. Like that might be maybe like Mondays for me at work. Monday through Thursday is my push. Friday is my plan. So we plan for the next week. I do a lot of that. And then I do the other two seasons on the weekend. So see how it's not even, but it's aligned. So we have this season of push where you're going and you're doing, but then you add in the last two, which are actually really hard for me and they're rest and fun. And I think that knowing what's coming and being able to plan in a nap or reading a book or whatever you like to do for rest and fun, which I don't know about y'all, I, I struggle to have fun. Like, I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to allow myself to have fun. So I have to plan it. I have to plan intentionally like a game night or out with girlfriends or a date night, or I literally will either just work, 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 or veg into the couch and watch Netflix and do nothing. And so I like to try to plan something for myself to have more alignment. And I find if you have these four, the plan, the push, the fun, and you know, the rest, you're going to feel better. So like I mentioned in April, we actually, me and my husband booked a cruise, just got canceled yesterday. 
womp womp. I was really looking forward to it. <laughs> so that was my fun and my rest after this season of push. So see how that season was a little longer for me, right? Like my season was three months, but I knew I had this coming. So now we're going to plan a family vacation instead. And by knowing it's coming, it alleviates a little bit of the guilt of working all the hours. It alleviates a little bit of the pressure to feel like I have to be super mom and super at work and super for myself. I know that time is coming and I'm okay with it. And it doesn't mean I'm pushing goals off or I'm never going to go after stuff. It just means I'm strategic and I'm intentional. And you said something about seasons that I want to pick up on. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back with that. Margaret, I've got a go-to baby shower gift that I give whenever there's another newborn in my life. Can you guess what it is? Amy, three guesses. First two don't count. It's Pampers Swaddlers. Exactly. Pampers Swaddlers keep baby skin dry, happy, and healthy. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better than the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist approved by the Skin Health Alliance, hypoallergenic, and free of parabens and latex. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes are five times stronger, gripping mess more firmly, shall we say, and making diaper changes a breeze. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Then redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers cash has no cash value. Amy, when I'm dehydrated, I get headaches. I get cranky and I don't feel good in general. Also, I am dehydrated a lot of the time. <laughs> right. <laughs> because being good with the water bottle is one thing, but getting that sodium and potassium with the fluids, turns out that is the key to saying optimally hydrated. So whether you're looking to hydrate during your workout, while traveling, or at the end of a long night, Sports Research Hydrate Electrolytes have got you covered with over 65 trace minerals, seven essential vitamins, and coconut water powder. Crisp and refreshing without any sugar, this is hydration powered by Sports Research. Each box has 16 little stick packs that you can take on the go, whether you're headed to an exercise class, a night out with friends, or a podcasting conference. And did we mention they come in delicious flavors from raspberry lemonade to cherry pomegranate? Stay hydrated with Sports Research Hydrate Electrolytes. Visit sportsresearch.com and use the code WHATFRESH at checkout for 50% off your purchase of Hydrate. That's S-P-O-R-T-S-R-E-S-E-A-R-C-H.com, sportsresearch.com, and use code WHATFRESH for 50% off your Hydrate Electrolytes order. So something that I picked up on that you said about seasons is like, you're not good at fun and rest. I find I'm not good at planning and I'm often not great at pushing. Amy and I are very yin yang. I feel like I'm like good at fun. and Well, I shouldn't say I'm good at fun and rest because it sounds like I never do anything and you do all the work. But you know what I mean? Like, I think allowing yourself to see things not as like I failed at everything, but like I have areas of struggle that I know I'm not as strong at as other things, it keeps you from the like, I can't even make cupcakes. It it keeps you out of the mindset of like, I stink at being a mom and these kind of big statements that tend to really drag us down. And it lets you have to start to get to know who you are too. So like when you're planning out your season, you might need more of the rest and the fun to be able to perform during the push and the plan. So for me, while I might have Monday through Thursday that I'm pushing, 
you might be like, you know, I know the way I work. And if I don't add in more rest or more fun, then I'm not going to be great at the other stuff. And so it's so customizable based on what you need. And I think that is one of the problems out there with all the productivity gurus is everything is this is a one size fits all Pinterest checklist. And here it goes. And I think that we as moms need to be empowered that we know ourselves. And if we don't, because a lot of us lose ourselves a lot along the way, we have the power to relearn who we are and what makes us tick and how we like to plan things. And I think that's really important. And I think it's really empowering. I can think of an example with the way we work, which is we used to record our regular Wednesday episodes. We would record them on Monday mornings because, as you say, like Mondays are Mondays. Mondays are what you do. We record on Mondays. We weren't going to record on a Sunday, but we were going to record first thing Monday morning. But that meant I spent my Sunday afternoon scrambling to get ready for Monday morning. And it's probably a year ago now we moved that record to Tuesday mornings so that my Sunday remains a Sunday, a day of, you know, rest and refilling my cup. And then I can worry about the work week on Monday morning, not on Sunday. And it really, it changed my ability to enjoy time with my family on Sunday to just push that off to Tuesday. And like, we're our own bosses, we could do it whenever we want. But it took us a long time to figure that out. I love that. And I think when we're going to plan with our families, it's important to look at our schedules the same way. Because you mentioned like soccer season, right? My kids are in, I have three kids at three different schools, five different sports and activities, right? So we are one of those families who does a lot of stuff. But I think it's also knowing when you need a season of rest. So we were getting really overwhelmed with the schedules, honestly. It was just going to be too much. And we sat down as a family and we said, listen, I know we've been pushing and doing the activities. And again, my littles are so little. My oldest plays on three basketball teams, which is the bulk of what we do. And I said, what do you think about taking some stuff off our plate so we can be home more to just like play Legos and hang? And they were like, yeah, great. Like they were fine with it. But I think we start to teach them now how to do those things so that we can change that generational cycle when they became adults, when they become parents, when they're in college. I wish someone in college would have taught me this. So I wasn't spending my, you know, all nighters trying to do a bunch of stuff all the time. You know, I, we're not always equipping our kids on how to manage their time because we don't know how to manage our time well, because we're just always used to what we're told we're supposed to do to manage our time. And so I think with this priority-based productivity, yes, it's a lot of knowing yourself, but it's also acknowledging what makes you happy, what your family needs right now, and being willing to put on the blinders to change some things. Because I think there are a lot of things that can like hold us back to changing. And one of those is connection. I like to call it the struggle Olympics. Like, you know, when you meet up with somebody and they're like, this is going wrong for me. Oh no, this is going wrong for me. Well, my husband's the word. And you just complain and complain. That's a piece of connection that our brains really like. It makes us feel less alone as moms. And I think that us having busy schedules as moms, again, again, busy is a relative term to you and your family, but having that super full stressed out schedule makes us feel connected to other moms. And our brain is kind of like, wait a minute, this keeps us safe. This is our safe mode. Go, go, go. And I think it's being willing to say like, hey, if somebody says what's up and you're actually like, wait, I don't have my kids in any activities. That's okay. If that's what makes sense for you and your family. If you, like I said, we went through a season of activities. We're done with that. But I think a lot of that comes with the confidence building of saying no to what doesn't matter and saying yes to what does. And it's sort of untethering productivity from motivation, right? Because we think like if we want to get more done, we need to, as you were saying before, want it more or just work harder. Yeah. I mean, the motivation thing is interesting because I used to like spew that from the rooftops. I would be like, you just have to be more motivated. Like, you know, you have to want it bad enough. And then something hit me. I really want it. But I'm not always motivated because I'm a human being and not a robot, right? And and people always be like, how do you do it all? And I'm like, I don't. And there are nights when, guess what? 
I don't want to do it. And I think that when we can acknowledge that mo- now motivation is important, you know, your why, all that is important, but it can't be the be all end all. And motivation is a muscle. It's something we have to grow. We all think we're naturally gifted and motivated. No, it's like some like, of the world or something are like naturally motivated people. Like we all have to work on it. It's a muscle that has to grow. And when we think that we're just going to be motivated because it's important, the second we fail, the second we don't complete a task, the second we don't get the laundry from washer to dryer to put away in a day, all of a sudden we're the failure. And it goes back to that shame base. It's not that my plan wasn't working for me. It's that something's wrong with me. Something's wrong with the way I am, the person I am, and I'm the failure because I'm not motivated. And I want to encourage moms, it's not about your motivation. The plan you made wasn't aligned to your priorities. Can we talk a little bit about goal setting and what that looks like? And because I feel like it's another piece where we sometimes undermine ourselves with goal setting because we try to set goals that are like, I want everyone in my family to be happy. And it's like, (laughs) well, that's a goal, but... It's just a goal that's going to fall apart the first time I try to ice the cupcakes when they're too hot. Like it's not going to, how do you goal set in a way that is actually meaningful? Yeah. And I think that where a lot of us make a mistake with goal setting is this go big or go home mentality, right? I mean, come on, January, right? 300 goals. Everything's on the vision board. Must do it all by the end of the month. Right. Right. I'm going to be fit. I'm going to cook home-cooked meals. I'm going to get along with my husband. Yes, I'm going to do it all. So cute that we think that, right? Like, how cute? Like, And every year we do it. And every year we're like, this is, I'm going to do it. And I saw this thing on TikTok and it was this girl's like 50-point habits tracker thing. And I wanted to just like hug her through the thing. I'm like, no, friend. Like, sweetie, sweetie. That's so cute. But no, but we do it to ourselves, right? And so one of the things that I think is super important when you're picking your goals is to not have too many of them. I think that I tell the moms I work with, I like to do themes and quarterly goals, but they're always like, how many? Everybody wants a number. There's no formula. But my suggestion is four goals a month seems like an okay amount if you break them down. And so the four types of goals that I like to suggest to people, one is a numerical goal. Those are goals that you can break down like by numbers, very easy math stuff. And those are tend to be ones that go for like the whole year. How many books you want to read? How much money you want to save? Because you're always kind of working on those. The other one is a project-based goal that fits your theme for the month and your priority. I want to declutter my house. I want to do a scrapbook for my kid's birthday party, right? One that you're working on. The other is a habit-based goal or a routine, your morning routine and evening routine. And then the last one is a learning goal or a growth goal. And a lot of moms will laugh at me when I say this one, like, you want me to do what? Have time for you. I don't care if you want to learn the guitar or you want to listen to a podcast about growing in confidence or parenthood. By putting in a little bit of the good stuff every day, 15 minutes at a time, you're going to be able to do it. And I teach a framework on how you break all of these down in 15 minutes at a time. Because as a mom, I found that I can convince my brain to do something for 15 minutes. But again, I can scroll TikTok for 15 minutes. Like I really can, right? And so that's a magic number. 15 minutes, 15 minutes, three <laughs> hours. Started. Yes, well, and that's what happens. The 15 minutes turns into 30, which turns into 45. And now we don't have time for our goals. And I'm not anti-TikTok or TV. And everyone's like, well, you probably don't want... No, I love TV. I love all those things. But when it starts to get in the way of my goals, I ask myself, can I fit in a 15-minute pocket? And so I think when it comes to goal setting, it's looking at those four types of goals but also doing a really good job of making an entire plan for each goal. And nobody wants to do this because it is a little bit of work. But trust me, when you go through the five steps, you can customize it. And so every goal, you've got to start with a vision of like, what do you want this to look like and why? And it's not just like, 
Okay, I want to say for Disney, right? So I'll run through this example because it's one of my real ones. I have a vision. I did a whole journaling thing. Like I literally was crying, ladies, the other day, like imagining my daughter looking at the castle and like why we want to go. And I really dug into it. Like I never went on vacations as a kid because we didn't have a lot of money. So I don't actually have a lot of memories from my childhood and I want different, right? So again, the why is important, but that's where everybody stops. Well, I want to go because it's going to be a good memory. No, 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 let's keep going. So once you've got your vision, you do what's called the baseline. Where are you starting from? (laughs) So a lot of people in my membership, they're doing this like water challenge right now to be healthier. And they're all like, I'm going to drink a gallon of water, which I'm like, okay, that's not a terrible goal. But how much are you drinking right now? Get your baseline. Because if you're drinking one cup of water to go from there to a gallon, like you're going to quit by Tuesday and then do what's, you know, the Monday mentality we call it, you know, where I'll do it again on Monday, rinse and repeat. So what's your baseline? So for this Disney goal, I'm spending January, my season of planning, and I'm doing an intake of all of our budgets. I'm tracking how much I'm spending. I'm really getting a baseline of where's our money right now so I can figure out where we can find the money to go to Disney World, you know, debt free. That's the goal. That's the plan. So get your baseline. If you want to start running a marathon, how much are you doing right now in exercise? Well, if you're not exercising at all, going to start a running plan right now, it is setting you up for failure. And that third step then is you make an action plan for, that gets you from your baseline to your vision. That makes sense. It's not jumping a million steps. It's making tiny, tiny, tiny changes. And then four and five, the last two pieces of the goal that are important are incentives. What's going to get you there? I always say that it's important to have external motivators while your internal motivation muscle grows. And people will be like, you know, you're going to get so addicted to these like little check charts and sticker, you know, like when we tell our kids, we shouldn't give our kids rewards or whatever stuff. I'm like, if we have a plan to wean it back, I think it's okay. And I think for me as a grown-up, I need to check off the box. I want to see what I'm doing and I want to give myself a reward. And eventually something crazy happens where I don't need the box anymore and it becomes a habit. But we need that transition time. Again, we think we're just supposed to get there. We need the transition. And then you get accountability because you can't do it on your own. You get a buddy to text when you want to drink water every day. You find somebody to walk with or, you know, go on a no spend challenge with, you know, your partner and you guys, you know, talk about the money. You get some sort of support system because we can't do it alone. And when you go through all five of those steps for those goals, your plan is not relying on motivation. It's not relying on your willpower. It's not relying on you doing a million things all the time. It's relying on what's based on your priority that you need to get you from point A to B in your time frame. And these aren't just like for, you know, baby beginner aren't good at following goals. People, we were good friends with the hosts of the Am Writing podcast, Jess Leahy and KJ Delantonia, both of whom have multiple best-selling books under their belts. They still use stickers to give themselves a sticker when they've written their words for the day. And they also text each other just with the word sticker for their accountability partner just to say, I did it. And like, you know, they are very successful writers and they're still relying on those little I don't know, monitors of progress to keep them going. Yeah, because even when you hit success, right, whatever that means, even if you're a motivated person, you're going to have time where either you're just not going to feel like doing it or life is going to happen and it's going to throw you curveballs and you need a system to get yourself back together. And those are awesome tools. We're going to take a break and we'll be right back with Kara Harvey. Amy, you know me well enough to know that my daily power breakfast is... Toast with peanut butter on top. Toast with peanut butter. It's also, by the way, one of my favorite power breakfasts. So we agree on that thing. We were recently together and we shared some toast with peanut butter. And I'm going to tell you, we used Hero Bread. It adds even more protein and fiber to that combo without adding any more sugar. Hero Bread has remade the carby, empty calorie bread products into versions that include no net carbs, 
zero gram sugar, and fewer calories, plus more protein and fiber, while still being super fluffy and delicious. I was not sure that that particular combination was going to be possible, but Hero Bread has figured it out. Yeah, this is one I'm glad they let us try. It's like, it really tastes good. I've been trying to add more protein to my diet, and I would have thought that a hamburger rolls was not the place to do that, Amy. <laughs> but all of Hero Bread's products, from rolls to tortillas to croissants, we please, offer protein and fiber, zero to one grams of net carbs, and zero grams of sugar. Start your Hero Bread bundle on their website and get 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use the code motherhood at checkout. I like this bread, people. It's H-E-R-O dot C-O and code motherhood for 10% off your order of Hero Bread. Margaret, I've been at the research again, looking into metabolic health and more importantly, metabolic flexibility, which turns out is the key to improved energy levels, better sleep, better fitness, all the things. And I found out about all this because we got a chance to try Lumen, the first handheld device that helps you manage your metabolic health. Lumen works when you breathe into it. If you do that first thing in the morning or after a workout, Lumen measures your metabolism by measuring the amount of carbon dioxide in your breath. It's science, people. That lets you see exactly what's going on in your body in real time. Then you use Lumen's app to get tailored guidance to improve your sleep, your nutrition, even stress management. If you're interested in figuring out the effects of different sorts of foods on your body, Lumen is a really cool way to see what's actually happening as your body burns different fuel sources. If you want to take the next step in improving your health, go to lumen.me and use Fresh to get $100 off your Lumen. That is L-U-M-E-N dot M-E. Lumen.me and use the code Fresh at checkout for $100 off. Thank you, Lumen, for sponsoring this episode. So we're back. We're talking to Kara Harvey. She is the host of the podcast Purpose Driven Mom Show, and she's the author of the new book, The 15-Minute Formula. Tell us about The 15-Minute Formula, Kara. Yeah, so I never planned on writing a book. Like, I think a lot of people, I don't know, some people, like, they want to write a book forever. I was not one of those people. I didn't even plan on writing a book. And it came out of searching for productivity books on Amazon for moms for the book club for my membership and not finding anything that I thought would fit. And I was so frustrated. I was like, what is it? Everything is hustle, go business. I'm like, ah, like I don't want to talk about getting up at 5 a.m. right now. Like I want to teach moms how they can customize. And it went from this idea to this thing where I literally used all of the systems in the formula to figure out how to write the book, like in these small chunks with the three kids to, you know, getting this book together to give to moms. And we talk about my five pillars of productivity, which start with vision and then move into goal setting, time management, habits, and routines. And inside of it, we dive deep into priority-based productivity. Everything we're talking about today, we're going to give you a step-by-step on how you can take those and customize them for you. And one of the cool things that I did was I have a workbook that you can get for free with the book. And I broke down how many chapters of the book to read each day if you want to finish it in a month? Like use the entire formula for you. Because how many times do we buy a book and we put it on the shelf? We're like, I'm going to get to that. I'm going to get to that. And then we do the thing where we tell ourselves we don't have time to read. Well, in literally 15 minutes a day, while you're sitting outside your kid's room while they're falling asleep, you could pull the book up and at least get one of those chapters done. And my hope for this book is that moms walk away feeling like they don't need to live in this place of mom guilt all the time. They don't need to lose themselves in motherhood and that it is possible for whatever their goal is 
like I said, whether it's getting the laundry put away every day or starting their own business, they can customize these approaches for them. I think it's interesting because I was just thinking as you were talking, like Amy is very productivity minded and systems and like how to, you know, actualize and I mean, in a very good way and gets a lot of stuff done. I tend to hear like goals and vision and I'm like, I'd rather just take a nap. It seems very uh, annoying to me to have goals, but how does it work for people who might not, you know, I think for some people it's like, oh yes, I would use this to plan my vacation at that. You know, I would do it. How does it work and how does it play out? Do you see for moms who are a little bit more like, I'm a little fuzzy on this stuff. Yeah. So what I love about the book is I wrote it through the lens of helping you have urgency, but flexibility at the same time, because I know Mm. that I know the way I'm wired. And I know the way other moms are wired after working with thousands of moms in my program, I have learned like, again, I am like Amy, I'm like, let's geek out, give me a planner, some new highlighters, let's let's do this This is exciting, right? Sell spreadsheets just light up Amy's face. Yeah, I told someone last night, I was making a spreadsheet for Girl Scouts, I'm the Girl Scout leader. And I was like, Excel is my love language. And they were like, you're weird. And I was like, No, I love it. I just, (laughs) I love it. But I know that not everybody is me. And so what I think moms who are like a little goal averse, right, maybe they've been there, done that, been burnt, or it's just not the way they're wired, are going to get from the book is that it's not about adding more to your planner. It's not about having to be productive all the time. It's about deciding what you want, whatever that is, and going after it. And you can use it for any goal. My husband and I, we decided to watch all the Marvel. I don't know if you guys are Marvel homes, but we're Marvel home here. And we're watching all the Marvel. My, my <laughs> kids are living in a Marvel home that I'm not part of, which thank God my husband and my kids are in Marvel world. Yes. Well, we are Marvel fans. So we're watching all the movies and the TV shows, which is a lot of TV watching this year. Uh, big commitment. We decided because we bond over it and we wanted to prioritize just hanging out with each other because sometimes we just don't. And we don't have a lot of other common interests sometimes when it comes to TV. So I use this exact formula to plan out our TV watching schedule, which is a little, you know, type A for me. But my husband, who is the opposite of, I don't know if you guys know Enneagram stuff, like I'm a three, he's a nine. We're very opposite people. And he's excited about it because it's something fun for him. So really, whatever the goal is, if it's important to you, you'll be able to customize it. We love on this show, you know, we use as our true north. We want to give moms advice that will make their lives easier, right? That you shouldn't like, you need to be getting your kids outside in the cold weather, not because you'll be a bad mom if you don't, but because they'll actually like sleep better and be more calm when they come inside. So we're always goal oriented for our show towards giving people advice that makes this easier. And I think this is like, I get this, that by saying this is what my goal is. And here's the step I'm going to take toward it this week. It makes it easier, not harder to, I don't know, run a marathon to use that example, right? Or like get through a, a Peloton class without having to quit because it's too hard. (laughs) Putting steps along the way instead of just saying, that's what I want, but I don't understand what lies between me and it. Yeah. And let's be real. Our kids need structure and routines. As much as we might not be routine-based people, just replace the word routine with rhythm and go with it, right? Like our kids have been home in and out, you know, pandemic, whatever. So on the days that they aren't at school and we're still operating our home, our morning routine is the same thing. We just might get up later. And our kids need that predictability. And I think that as parents, because I think a lot of times if you tell, you know, a parent, again, how it'll impact their kids, they might be more interested, like, oh, this will make me better as mom. Listen, if you can't even think about yourself right now, which I wish you would, but if you can't, you'll be able to better help them with their rhythms as well, which I think is needed and will help them in the long run. 
Yeah. And I, I do think for ourselves, because I tend to be kind of resistant of like, oh, I don't want to structure. I know I want to be free, you know, but I do think I long time ago in my 20s had always been like, you know, active in different ways, but never I never had a program. And I decided to run a marathon and I truly bought a book and it was like every day, this is how much you have to run. And it wasn't every day, but every three days, every other day, here's how much you have to run. And I just followed it like it was, I don't know, a law, you know? And I always say I was never more mentally calm in my life than during that process of just like, Someone is telling me what to do every day. It's just a piece of paper that I printed off of a library book. But having routines actually makes your life calmer. To me, I, I have that like mindset. Sometimes it's like, uh, no one tells me what to do. But I realize that when someone tells me what to do, it's very calming for me. It's like a weighted blanket on me, you know? Yeah, it keeps us kind of guided and focused. And I think what happens to a lot of moms, and if you're somebody like that, time blocking chapters, there's two or three chapters on time blocking are really helpful because they're all about that flexibility and urgency. Like it's giving you a guideline, it's giving you a structure, but then you get to customize based on your family. And I think that's really important when it comes to making your schedules, your routines and fitting in time for your goals. Because when life throws you curveballs, having a backup plan and knowing where you're going to put it is what's going to keep you on track and what's going to keep you less wanting to rip your hair out and get resentful towards everybody in the family and start yelling in the whole night. <laughs> yes. Yes. That sounds familiar. Do your kids take on any of these things for themselves, sort of habit tracking and goal planning? And how do you do that with them and for them and encourage oh, yes. it? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I mean, I laugh. But my daughter is me. Like she woke up the other day. No, she woke me up actually in the middle of the night. She must have been dreaming. And she was like, mom, I think we should make a list of what we should do over winter break. And I was like, what? Get out of bed, right? So she definitely is me, but we, yeah, we use this with my kids all the time. So when we created their morning routine, we did all of the steps. We were like, where do we want to go? What are the things that you need to do? Because I'm trying to have them do more things. And again, my kids are little. We started this when they were two and four with them. And I said, I don't want to be getting them dressed every day for the rest of my life. Like, how can we equip them? And we started with, okay, I picked what we wanted. And then I asked them, hey, these are the four things we need to get done before we go to school. Which one do you want to focus on? And we did what I call routine stacking. And we started with one and we moved on until we had all four things. And now, while I would love to control the order they do things, like in my head, brush your teeth before you get dressed because you're probably going to get toothpaste on your shirt and not have to change it. I realized that doesn't honestly matter. Like in the long run, if they brush their teeth after they get dressed and they spill the dang toothpaste, like whatever, they got themselves dressed. And so now I can say to them, we have like a little magnet chart. And again, my youngest is four. Uh, he just turned four. And I'll just say, hey, did you do your magnets? And he goes over, he looks at the four things. I don't care what order they want to do them in. I don't care if they brush their teeth first and then eat, like whatever. That's not the point of it, right? The point of it is teaching them how to do the things in the mornings. And our mornings are so much easier because I'm not having to nag. They get freedom and choice into deciding what order. Because that's the thing about the time blocking that I love. It's not saying you do this in this order. It's saying these things have to get done by the time this block is over. Some days you might do it in that order. Some days you just don't feel like it. And then we start to resist and we're like, well, I don't want to do my laundry first. or I don't want to do the dishes. So then we complain for 20 minutes when it only takes six minutes to unload the dishwasher, right? When we could have just skipped it, gone to the next thing and come back. And I think that is so powerful. And it's such a great way to get your kids on board with routines. 
We've been talking to Kara Harvey. She is the author of the new book, The 15-Minute Formula, How Busy Moms Can Ditch the Guilt, Say Yes to What Matters, and Conquer Their Goals. Kara, tell us about where we can find you in the book and work with you, where moms can get coaching from you. How does it work? Sure. Yeah. If you want to get the book, it comes out January 23rd and Amazon is the best place right now to get all copies and versions. And you're going to want to go to the 15minuteformula.com slash free. I have links up to the book there, but I also have a 30 page workbook for you that you can print or type on and a Trello board because I just love Trello that is organized all of the stuff in the book so that you can take it and make it a real thing for you. If you want to hang out more on the podcast, it's the Purpose Driven Mom show. And you can find me on Instagram at a Purpose Driven Mom. But the 15minuteformula.com slash free is going to be all things book and some free resources if you just want to dabble in a little bit of me before you get the book. (laughs) All things Kara. Dabble away, folks. We will put a link to all things Kara on our show page and you can check it out there. Kara, thanks so much for talking to us today. Thanks, Kara. Thank you. Margaret, it's an exciting news day. An exciting news day indeed, Amy. A few years ago, we launched our first spinoff podcast, Toddler Purgatory, hosted by the hilarious Blair Brooks and Molly Lloyd. And guess what? Now, Blair and Molly are back with their all-new podcast, Unsticking It. You know Blair and Molly as two busy moms and actors, and somewhere between potty training and the pandemic, they both felt like they lost their creative kaboom. In their new podcast, Unsticking It, they are going to talk about how all of us can get back to what lights us up after motherhood. Amy, I need this. Me too. And Blair and Molly will be talking to fellow imaginative minds. We're talking actors, artists, and creators of all kinds about how we can all unstick ourselves from whatever muck we're stuck in. Follow, subscribe, and listen to Unsticking It wherever you get your podcasts. That's Unsticking It with Blair and Molly, because sometimes life stucks. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy.